Running a chiropractic clinic can be rewarding and stressful with the everyday ups and downs. Here at Relentless Weekly, we give you inspiration, motivation, and education to help you avoid the mistakes and make your practice what you want it to be. And now, here's your relentless host, Dr. Kelly Henry. Welcome to the Relentless Weekly Podcast, where we strive to inspire, motivate, and educate you to greater success. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Henry, and I have with me today another fantastic guest, Dr. Amelia Rodrock, who has been in practice for roughly six years. Uh, chiropractic is actually her second career. She was a massage therapist for 10 years before going to chiropractic school. Um, she just wanted a better life for her family and made the commitment with two young kids single mom, joined the ranks of chiropractors and went after it and got her education. And now she specializes in prenatal, prenatal, pediatric, and women's health. She is passionate about helping women realize their true potential in health and life. Dr. Amelia re recently started uh, a program for women who are recovering from breast implant illness. As a breast implant illness survivor, goal is to help women heal mentally and physically from toxic breast implants to inform the public about the potential harmful side effects of breast implants and to help young women love themselves without getting them. So thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Rodrock. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you for having me. So can you elaborate just a little bit more on the on the introduction, maybe touch a little more on your journey into chiropractic and and some of the things that I, I mentioned in your bio? Yes, yes. So um, as you said, chiropractic is kind of a second career for me. I went, I started school when I was, I don't know, I think 28-ish, 28, 29, um, something like that. So I had both of my children very young. I was 19 when I had my son and 21 when I had my daughter. And after having my son, I wanted to do something where I could make money but wouldn't take a lot of schooling at, uh, necessarily at that time. Um, so my mom suggested massage therapy, and I didn't really know a whole lot about massage. Um, so I don't think I'd ever gotten one. Probably I hadn't gotten one. And so I went to massage therapy school, and I started, um, started to be a massage therapist. And I was a massage therapist for a long time. It served me very well. I really enjoyed it. I just kind of was over it after a while. I, I needed something else. And you know, I love massage therapy. I have massage therapists in my office. They're fantastic. But you know, after 10 years of doing that, I was, I was done. I was ready to be done. And, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was a single mom. My children were, um, I don't know how old they were when I started chiropractic school, in second grade and fourth grade. They were in second grade and fourth grade. So whatever age that is, that's how old they were when I started chiropractic school. And it was actually an ex-boyfriend who suggested I look into chiropractic <laughs> school. And I had never been to a chiropractor before. I didn't know anything about it, but I, and at first I was like, oh no, no, that's, that's going to be too hard and too long and I'm not smart enough. But I looked into it, um, found out we had a chiropractic school in Kansas City, um, Kansas City, Kansas. I live in Lawrence, Kansas. So it was about a 35, 40 minute drive. And I had done a lot of just random college from, you know, probably for the last five years, nothing that really fit together to make anything specific. So I applied to chiropractic school. I got into the um, the pre-pro program because I had about a year of prerequisites. 
And so I started, started doing those quickly, broke up with that boyfriend, <laughs> which was a good thing. <laughs> and then met my husband in between my first and second try of chiropractic school. And he was a chiropractor and we met at our kids school. And so it's kind of a fun little story. I was wearing a chiropractic t-shirt and he came up and started talking to me and now we're married. So it kind of worked out. It worked out well. Um, but so that's kind of how I got into chiropractic. I, like I said, I really didn't know anything about it. And I, I, funny, I still have my entrance. I had to write like a little essay to get into chiropractic school and I read it now. And I had no idea what <laughs> chiropractic was about. I can't even believe they let me in when I'm reading that because that has nothing to do with chiropractic. But I'm happy they did. I'm glad Absolutely. they did. So, um, I'm, yeah, sure, I'm sure a yeah. lot of us, if we read the, you know, the essays trying to get into chiropractic school, would say the same thing, that we had no clue what we were talking about. <laughs> no clue. No clue. That's, that's a great story, though, how you met your husband. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I admire you for going yep. back to school after being a single mother and kids and, and yep. taking that step that that is to be admired we all Thank know you. how difficult chiropractic school is and when you throw you know motherhood and, and some of the variables you had to deal with that that that's tough sledding and, and yet you it, made it through and, and they're doing fantastic so yes yes my chiropractic stories from school are much different than my husband's who started chiropractic school when he was like 21 and had no kids and no responsibilities. So he has all the fun stories I don't. <laughs> well, you, the fun stories probably aren't worth sharing anyways. You know, you have, you have nope. the story of overcoming challenges and, you know, determination. That's those, correct. Those are better stories. Yes. That's correct. Yes. Well, you also have an online business uh, uh, that has to deal with, uh, breast implant illness. Can you, can you talk a little more about that and, and maybe a little of the backstory yes. and why you're, why you uh, developed this business? Yes. Yes. So uh, seven years ago I got breast implants, you know, I'd had children like many women had children, nurse them, wasn't feeling great about my body um, or my breasts. And I wanted to change that. And society has made it very easy for us to change things that we are not happy about with plastic surgery. Um, I was in chiropractic school at the time, and you know, thinking back, I can't even believe I got them, especially since I was dating my now husband, who was a chiropractor. And we don't do, you know, we don't do medicine, we don't do doctors. You know, a lot of chiropractors don't do that stuff, but for some reason, we thought it was perfectly safe to get silicone implanted underneath. Um, underneath my, my, in my body, which it is not. And I didn't start reading about this or realizing the ramifications of implanting anything into your body until, you know, about a year and a half ago. Um, so some women have symptoms really quickly after getting breast implants. Some women have them later on. It just kind of depends. Everybody's a little bit different um, on the kind of symptoms they have and what's going on what's going on in their bodies. Um, so there's a whole list of symptoms. I mean, anything from anxiety, fatigue, insomnia, um, headaches, muscle pain, you know, autoimmune diseases, depression, ringing in your ears. I mean, there's just a whole list of symptoms. And basically what it is, is it's your immune system shutting down because when you implant something in your body, your body's in a constant state of fight or flight. That immune system is constantly trying to, um, heal itself and reject what's in the body and wall off what's in the body. So after a certain amount of time, your body is just left taxed out and you have chronic fatigue and all of these things going on. 
And I had slowly started having some symptoms, more mild than a lot of women, but they were still there. And I honestly just thought it was because I was getting older. I'm 39 now. You know, I have my own practice. I have a lot of things going on. So I just thought it was stress and getting older. And that's just the way it was until a colleague um, was telling me about what was going on with her health. And she had done a lot of research and she was getting her breast implants taken out. So then I started doing a lot of research and I realized this is probably what was going on with me as well. And so I made the informed decision to get them out. It didn't make an informed decision to get them in because you're not given proper informed consent. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of research out there that shows what, what implants do to your body in the long run, but it's buried. It's not... Um, it's not being validated uh, by the surgeons or, you know, by the people who should be showing us the, the research on what actually implants will do to you. And implants are also full of heavy metals. I mean, arsenic, um, cobalt, copper, lead, magnesium, mercury, potassium, celium, silver, all of these heavy metals make up an implant. And it doesn't matter if it's saline or silicone. Some women try to argue that saline is better. It's not. It's still in a silicone shell. And as your body starts to degrade that and break it down, it leaches all of those heavy metals into the, into the body. And so you have to detox, you have to get them out um, to truly feel better and to truly get all these symptoms to go away. You have to get the implants out and you have to detox properly. So that's what I'm here for. A lot of women don't know how to detox properly. It's very confusing. There's a lot of conflicting information on the internet. Um, you know, nobody really knows what's going on with their body or how to do it. So I have put together a program to help women detox appropriately. Um, and there's different levels. Like you can just buy my ebook and do the detox on your own, or you can hire me to do one-on-one -on -one detox work with you. And we will do heavy metal testing. I'll do food sensitivity testing. I'll do candida testing. And we'll figure out what's going on with your body and what we need to do to get you healthy. Because it can be quite a long, confusing process. Wow. Well, I appreciate your honesty and, and telling us about your, your particular journey. That's thank yeah. you for that. Um, you You're know, it's one it. of those things in life too, where unfortunately you had to, to go through that and suffer it, but because of that, now you're on the other end and are, you know, are helping how many women with their health now. So yeah. it's, you know, obviously there's yes. a silver lining there from what, from what you're saying, is it, and what I'm gathering for women who have breast implants, is it, is it not, if they're going to have some problems, it's just when they're going to have problems. Is that I believe it's when. I, that's that's my belief, and I think most women that I'm associated with in the breast implant who have breast implant illness or who are actually researching this believe it's not if it's when. Um, surgeons won't tell you that. You know, the FDA won't say that. But so many women are coming out with things going on with their health since getting breast implants. And it's just, it's just a matter of time. Your immune system cannot stay in a constant state of stress without finally giving up. So, yeah. yeah. That's great information. So, again, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, and for you docs listening, you know, I'm sure you have some patients that, you know, may be dealing with this, female patients with the breast implants and these health issues that maybe you're having trouble with helping them uh, figure things out. Dr. Rodbrook would be one, certainly a, uh, a person to, to get in contact with or send your patients to, to, uh, help them, help them. Doc, thank you for, for that information. Let's, uh, let's change gears a little bit. Um, get a little more into you, 
on the philosophical side of things, but do you have a favorite quote or affirmation that you live by that, uh, that works for you? It's meaning to you maybe. I do. I do. So I have a favorite quote. So I started working with a life coach years ago after, well, not years ago, probably about four and a half years ago after I opened my practice. I just had a lot of things I needed to figure out with myself. And the first uh, seminar I went to of his, because he does private coaching and seminars, um, he ended with this quote by Mary, Marianne Williamson. And probably a lot of you have heard it, but it's my absolute favorite quote. And I really do um, try to live my life by this quote. Do you want me to read it for you? Absolutely. Okay. So our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your plain small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that others won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in all of us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So I really love that quote. I feel like for a lot of my life, I kind of lived in fear and didn't want to speak up. And I played very, very small. Um, And it wasn't probably until about four years ago that I really started playing big in life and really showing up and showing up for my family and showing up for my patients um, and now showing up for other women. And I, you know, I just, it's one of my favorite quotes. I really love it. Powerful. That is powerful. Yeah. And I've, I've heard or, you know, read that somewhere, but uh, mm-hmm. what, a, what a great reminder that is. I play small anyway. So thank you for that. That, yes. is, that is tremendous. You're welcome. So, so as chiropractors, you know, we are, we are more alike than we are uh, different. And you've already talked about a little bit of your struggles, but is there another time, maybe maybe professionally, that you've struggled, and, and what'd you learn? How'd you overcome that? Uh, what got you through it? Uh, so I've you know I've been in practice not too terribly long, almost six years. Um, but yeah, you know, I feel like I was kind of lucky that my husband was a chiropractor, and now he's been in practice for eighteen years. So he he helped me. He helped you know guide me. He helped me open my practice. Um, so I consider myself very lucky, but also having a husband who is a wildly successful chiropractor and me being a pretty competitive person (laughs) means that I compare myself to him and his practice a lot, or I used to, I don't really anymore. Um, I'm happy with my journey and my practice now. Uh, But when I first started, I would compare myself to his office and him and what he was doing. And it really, I wouldn't say it made me bitter. It just, it was hard. It was hard because I was so hard on myself and so hard on, you know, my rate of growth, even though I had a pretty steady rate of growth. It was just, it wasn't what his was at that time. So I compared my practice at like one year to his practice at like 13 years. Um, I didn't go back and compare to what his one year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've learned not to do that. I've learned that, you know, we both have different practices and we're in different communities. We're not in the same town and we kind of appeal to a different, different types of people and, and it's okay. You know, I'm happy to let him be his practice and me be my practice. Well, that's neat. I just had the assumption that you all work together or practice together. No, so that's, that's no, nice no, no. Together, so. <laughs> yep. Yep. Separate practices. Great information from, you know, 
and I think chiropractors in general, we compare ourselves to our colleagues or our buddies who we graduated with and things like that. Yep. And it's, it's really unfair to do for ourselves. You it are is, you, you know, the way you practice is different from other people. You just try to be a better you and, and do what you can do and, and don't worry about the, the others. So we're all on the yes. same team, so to speak. So that's, that's great. Information. That's right. Yes. So what's, uh, what's been another key to your success? Obviously, you've talked about coaching. Is there anything else that's that's really helped you in your, in your um, success journey? Yeah, I mean, coaching has been a huge thing for me, both like personal coaching and personal development and practice coaching, but also just kind of trusting the process and, you know, trusting, trusting yourself, you know, having a very strong philosophical um, background and a strong philosophical like base to stand on because since when I feel like I'm philosophically sound is I feel like when I can um, portray or convey to my patients what they need, you know, better, you know, when I when I understand what's going on, and I, I feel very strong in what I'm saying um, is when I feel like I can, you know, tell my patients what they need. Uh, also being vulnerable, you know, I've always been someone who wasn't real excited about being vulnerable, and talking about my past and talking about the things I've overcome, because there's been a lot of things that I've had to overcome to get to where I am now. But really opening up and being vulnerable with my community and with, you know, on my Facebook pages, private and public and my practice page, you know, people really respond to vulnerability and really feel like they can connect to you. So whenever I do a personal post or a personal video on my my Rod Rock Chiropractic Facebook page, I have so many patients just relate to it and connect to it because they can see that I'm not just Amelia, the chiropractor in my office, but I'm also Amelia, the person. And I've done, you know, all of these things in my life. And I think it gives them hope. Um, connection is really important to me. So connecting with other chiropractors, connecting with my community and just, you know, building those connection has really helped my, uh, my practice grow. Great information. So especially that vulnerability aspect of things. So you know, we try to play the doctor and there's nothing wrong with us and we've never done anything wrong or had any problems. But mm-hmm. That's just not true. So show that vulnerability. Yeah. I, I like that because that, that can connect you to your patients a whole lot better. So what, what advice would you give a new doc coming out of chiropractic school at this point? Um, I, you know, if I had to give them any advice, I, I think I would tell them it's not going to be easy. And again, to trust the process that it's going to work out. You just have to, you know, keep working, keep, you know, keep plugging away. You know, sometimes I felt like it was, I was fighting at every step, fighting with, not fighting, fight, literally fighting, but, right. you know, <laughs> patients, what they are told some by their, like <laughs> yeah, some days, <laughs> you know, what patients are seeing on TV or what they're told by their medical doctors, you know, it's just like, sometimes I feel like the world is against chiropractic. And I know sometimes it is against chiropractic, but really, again, having that strong philosophy and being steadfast in what I say and what I do um, has been really helpful. And I feel like if, as a new doc coming out, if you can just have that strong philosophy and, and be very confident in what you're saying and what you're doing, people will respond. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. Best advice that you've ever received, doc? Um, That's some good stuff, but do you have anything that? Yes. Yeah. So best advice I ever received was from my mother. um, And it was when I was contemplating going to chiropractic school and I needed to do a year prerequisites. And then I was going to do the 12 trimester program because at that time, Cleveland, you could choose 10 or 12. Now I don't know if that's an option. So it was going to be four years of chiropractic school and then one year prereqs. And I was just 
him and in Holland. I was like, oh, it's going to be five years. It's so long. And she said, Amelia, what's five years? You know, where are you going to be in five years? Are you going to be where you are now, a single mother, barely making ends meet, not being able to you know, do stuff with your kids that you want to do? Or are you going to be a chiropractor? And well, I decided I was going to be a chiropractor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm just so glad I listened to her. You know, it's it is anybody who's thinking about doing something, but they're worried about how long it's going to take. Time's going to come and time's going to go. It doesn't matter what you're doing in that time. It's always going to happen. So make the most of it, you know, do something great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank goodness for your mom. Thank goodness for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, lot of, a lot of lives have been changed because your mom gave you that advice. So. Yes. Yes. So kudos to her. So. <laughs> if you could go back and change one thing in your life, what, uh, what would you change? You know, I've been thinking about this a bit recently. Um, just thinking about my life, I, I'm speaking at Focus, which is a big chiropractic conference in um, in the Midwest this summer. And so I've been you know, putting together my talk and thinking about this and you know, thinking about something I would change. And, you know, there's really not much I would change. Um, I've been through a lot of stuff. I had a lot of things I've had to overcome, but they've really made me who I am. And, you know, I know I'm very strong and very resilient and very happy with who I am now. And I don't know if I would want to change any of that stuff because it might make me a different person. And I really, like I said, I really, I love who I am and I love the process of getting to who I am. Um, so nothing really. I completely agree. I'm, I'm where I'm at because of everything. Yeah. Be a different me if I'd done something different. Already. Yep. So yep. Great. So love that. What's your, what's your proudest moment, Doc? Um, my proudest moment would have to be with my kids, just watching my kids. My son plays the guitar. He's 20 now. Um, he plays a guitar, he's in a band and just watching him up on stage and like the happiness on his face and how much he loves doing it, um, makes me exceptionally proud. And my daughter, I was a swimmer, uh, in high school. She's a swimmer now. She graduates in a couple of weeks, but she also, uh, designs clothes. She wants to be, um, do fashion design. And so just watching her like sew her own prom dress and we, she didn't have to, I would, I would have bought her a prom dress, but she did. And just seeing how proud she was, you know, when she put it on and it was absolutely gorgeous. So just watching my kids come into their own and be amazing little beings that I didn't, I didn't expect them to turn out so good. Cause it was, it was hard. It was hard for a while, but just seeing how amazing they are um, really just brings me peace and brings me a lot of happiness and proud. Well, that's awesome. And, it, you know, obviously you don't have great kids if they don't have a great mom. So <laughs> you've done some great things for them. Thank you. Right. So, yep. <laughs> well, how, uh, how can the listeners connect with you, Roderick? They so want to get in touch with you for the breast implant illness side of things, um, especially. Yes. Um, or just, to, you know, maybe talk success with you. Yeah. So. To give there too. Yeah, so there's a couple ways. I mean, Facebook right now is probably the easiest. I am working on a website and a few different things. They're not done quite yet. Maybe they'll be done in the next week or so. Um, but I have a Facebook page. We can always search my name, Amelia Rodrock, and you will probably find me. I think there's not there's me and my stepdaughter who happens to be named Amelia Rodrock as well. So you'll find one of us, but I'm the adult one. 
Um, and then my private page for breast implant illness is called breast implant illness, detoxing mind and body with Dr. Amelia. Now that is a page for women only. Um, and you don't have to have breast implants. So a woman doctor could get on there as well, just to learn. And then I have a, a public page that's a, a detoxing a breast implant illness um, page. So that's probably the easiest way I am starting a YouTube channel soon that I'm going to be doing like YouTube videos and podcast type videos on. So that should be up and going in the next couple of weeks, next couple of weeks as well. Or you could email me. I can, you know, give you, I can give you my email and, you know, Dr. Dr. Kelly can put it in the, in a link or something. So those would would probably be the easiest ways. Yep. The show notes. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your insight, for your, history and and uh, thank you also for all you do for for uh, the profession and uh, certainly for your patients and then this new venture with uh, the women's health so i know it's going to be wildly successful thank you and changing lives for many so but yep. thank you for being on the episode with me today Dr. appreciate you're, it greatly you're very welcome thank you so much for having me you betcha i also want to thank everyone listening today uh, you can find Relentless Weekly on iTunes and Stitchers. Please, uh, Stitcher, please remember to like, subscribe, share with your colleagues and friends. Again, thanks for listening. Have a fantastic day and keep being relentless in your pursuit of success. Have a great day. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Also, share it with your friends and colleagues. Head over to RelentlessCoachingSystems.com for more information and to see what Dr. Henry can do for you. you. Thanks for listening and keep being relentless. Being relentless.